A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's all Joe Biden's fault. Also, stop hiding behind the cover of just pro-Palestinian. Um, and then, well, what about the ongoing insanity that is the Michigan sign-stealing scandal? We've got more and more of that to talk about on the special Truth or Fiction Monday. Yes, I'm Andrew Coppins, and for the final time for quite some time, he's Pat Oney, and you're tuned in to Critical Thinking. <laughs> Yes, that's right, uh, Pat. It is great to see your face, but this is going to be the final time for some time, uh, <laughs> and we're just going to rip the Band-Aid off. The reality is Pat and his wife are expecting their very first child um, in the next 48-ish hours or so, so 24 to 48 hours, so let's just put it that way. Um, so with that being said, obviously Pat going to be a new dad. He's got lots of other priorities outside of this thing that we call critical thinking. So not only that, but we have been talking about this behind the scenes for quite some time. And one of the themes in my real estate business has been impact. And it's impacted how I've thought about this show, ironically. Um, because I ask a very simple question. Are we impacting the discussion? Are we impacting lives? Are we doing anything that is anything different than what you might tune into, let's say on Steve Dace or Glenn Beck or any of the myriad of shows that are out there via podcast, via Rumble, via X, right? What are we doing to impact? And Pat, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had this discussion behind the scenes for probably about the last six months, right? I mean, really, since... I, I've mentioned that I'm expecting my first kid. We we started having a lot of these discussions. Yes. So mm-hmm. Pat is going to be taking a sabbatical from the show for a little while. Um, when he can, he will uh, come on the show. But overall, the show is going to slowly change. Um, you're going to see less frequency of this show. We're not going to be doing this show on a very daily basis all the time. Number one. Number two, um, you're going to see a lot more of me and a lot less of Pat. 
Pat will be here as he can um, over the course of the first, you know, three, four months of, of his baby's life. Um, but he's going to concentrate on being a dad, his work, all of the things at the house, way, way more important than trying to pay attention to every bit of news every single day and then come up with a show. Because whether we are doing this for shits and giggles or to make money and move this into a profession for us, the reality is that it takes hours out of our day to pay attention to the news, to think and put the show together. And that's just not something that I want Pat to concentrate on, nor should he be concentrating on uh, with a brand new baby uh, on the way. Um, so today is our final show together for some time. We, we don't know when the next time the two of us will be together is, but Pat will help behind the scenes as needed. And where are we going with this show? Well, we are going to slowly be transitioning away from a daily episodic show. Um, and it's because I feel this way, and I think, Pat, you do too, that the best way for us to impact this discussion is to really hone in on critical thinking and less reactionary for this show. So with that in mind, we're probably going to do about two episodes a week. Um, it's going to take a little bit for us to put this part of it together. Um, and we are targeting the real launch of this in January um, with a emphasis on liberty as the critical thinking component. Um, early in 2024. And you're going to see why when we get there. Um, but the reality is that things are going to change. I will probably this week do more of the daily show, um, do all of those things. And then next week we will transition into more of the critical thinking that we want to do. And what we're going to do is there's going to be about a 15, maybe 30-minute episode, usually on Tuesdays. And that uh, 15 to 30-minute episode is going to be on one single topic. And it might have something to do with news. It might not. But the goal is to pick themes, topics, and dive deep into them and to critically think through them to come up with potential solutions, to, to highlight what not just is happening in the moment, but the, you know, the who, what, where, when, why, and how, right? So we're going to get a 15 to 30 minute commentary episode every Tuesday. Um, every Thursday, we're going to have at least a half hour, if not an hour long interview. We might do two interviews in this episode. Um, but our goal is to highlight people who have expertise, are not experts, but have expertise. People that we can have conversations with in and around maybe the mechanics of an issue, um, thought leaders on an issue, a topic, uh, a newsworthy moment, right? But that we're going to hard hit. We're going to ask critical thinking questions. And hopefully this can impact the furtherance of your own mind, your own discussions, 
And this is centered around one of the, the things that we had when we talked about reviving liberty, Pat, right? Which is focus at home, right? So get right with God, know your principles. And then part of knowing your principles is, is showcasing them in your own home, in your own friend groups, in your own community first. And that's the impact that we are attempting to have here on this program going forward is that we want to give you the tools, the pieces of the puzzle to help have those discussions around big ideas, big topics, and yes, the topic of the day. Um, And that's kind of where we want to go with this program. Number one, it lightens the load on us, frankly. Number two, it gives us the ability to really impact. We're going to bring on a myriad of guests from across the gamut. We're probably likely to have a lot of repeat guests, but we want to focus on local topics. We want to focus in on big thinkers, people who impact the thought processes, people who know conflict in Israel and Hamas and can kind of help us navigate the waters, right, of what is somewhat of a complex issue, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the reality, Pat, is that um, things have to change for us, and I think for us to effectively impact our listeners, our viewers, and frankly, what we've always wanted to accomplish is impacting the discussion, impacting how we can help inform and help give tools to others to inform others. We don't want you to just consume, consume, consume. We want you to be able to consume and have the tools in place to disseminate this information, to take the interviews, to take the commentary, and think about what you heard. We don't want to come to conclusions, per se, We want to have you think, to have you come to your own conclusions. And that's really the the genesis of where we're going. And we're actually going to start with what is going to likely be a 10-part series, a 10-week series on liberty in 2024. As we close out 2023, you're going to see less of the daily stuff and more of that. That's the reality, Um, and probably starting next week, you'll see, you know, kind of the skeleton of where we're going and the transition of what we're doing, Um, but Pat, I wanted to give the floor to you now. Um, Anything you wanted to say to the audience? Um, This isn't a see you never. This is we'll obviously have you on the show whenever, you can whenever it fits into your schedule and we can do it. Um, you know, if we've got people in Utah that maybe we want to highlight or things that are going on there that are important um, to a broader topic, we'll obviously coordinate with you and, and all of those things, but you're going to be there behind the scenes, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going away guys. Um, I, 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 I mean, this is this is harder than I thought it would be. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, my life is changing drastically. And within the next few days, it's changing quickly. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, I have 
I have to adapt. Andrew has to adapt. Um, but I think the, the big thing that, that both of us have wanted to accomplish with this show ever since our days at Mojo, whether it be with the Pat Oni show or, or with Critical Thinking in of itself, we've always wanted to know if we're making an impact. And we've always wanted to do it in such a way that I'm Pat Oni or he's Andrew Coppins. We, I, I've never wanted to be, and I, I don't think Andrew's ever wanted to be, a Ben Shapiro or a Glenn Beck or a Steve Dace. While we pull a lot of things from a lot of these people and and we we cite them for lots of different things and for for their commentary on on various subjects, um, we've never wanted to be these people. We've always wanted to be us. We wanted to create something that was going to truly impact our world. That that, that was our measurement for success at least it was my measurement for success. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, are we making millions of dollars doing this show? No, no it, I don't think that was ever an expectation for either of us. Um, and to be honest, we really don't make money doing this. Um, this is this is more of a... a uh, way for us to to impact the world, impact our country, and and try to fundamentally protect the ideals in, in which it was founded on and protect liberty and preserve liberty and to, to ultimately revive liberty for where we are now. Um, the, the, you know, it, it's evolved into what it is to today, but I'm not going anywhere per se. I'm changing roles. Um, you may not see me on or hear me as much, mm -hmm. um, but this is also going to open up other opportunities for both Andrew and I. This may open up another opportunity for me to bring back the Patterny Show in some degree. Um, and but but so so no, I'm not going away. This is not goodbye. This is this is my life is changing, and and unfortunately, it does impact Andrew on some level, um, and we have to adapt. And, yeah, that, and, and to be thing. clear, it's not just the fact that you're having a baby, right? No, it's, no, or it's your not. wife's having the baby. You're going to be alongside right. her while she you know, right. physically does that, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and then I'm, immediately I'm, start changing diapers like a good dad, right? No, no, that's going to be her job too. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's her job to make you all the Sammies too, right? Well, I I told her so. My joke to her was always been, uh, while you're up in the middle of the night taking care of the kid. Um, my job is going to be to keep your side of the bed warm. There you go. Yeah. How, how's that been going? <laughs> it over didn't go over well, by the way. No, no, no. Okay, I can't imagine why. Um, no, but the, the point of the matter is this, that it kind of just sped up where we were going anyway, and, and, and we've been thinking for a while behind the scenes about, like, how do we maximize our impact, and how do we do something that's a little bit different? So... I'm not going to be Joe Rogan in three hours long on a topic and just kind of sit there yeah. and let somebody talk. Um, th that's just not me. Um, we're going to hopefully get it in in about a half hour, maybe an hour, depending on the topic. And, and mm -hmm. our goal is to allow you to not draw a conclusion, but to critically think. Um, because it's a skill that is sorely, sorely lacking. Um and so we're going to have a commentary, and then that interview is going to be based on that commentary. So it's going to be the same topic week by week by week. You know, commentary, interview on Thursday. Um, and so you're going to see some of the biggest thought leaders in 
libertarian movements, in the conservative movement, in science, in math, in reasoning, um, whatever. Um, whatever, wherever we're going, you're going to find some of the most important, some of the names that you might not know but you need to know. And guess what? You're also going to find people that you might not agree with. But the point of critical thinking isn't to always agree. The point of critical thinking is it's an exercise in understanding all sides of a topic and, and and funneling through a process to get to a conclusion. We're not here to draw that conclusion for you per se. We are here to inform, to give you our commentary, to give you our thoughts, yes, um, and our conclusions, but think for yourself. Now, with that being said, Pat, I think now would be a great time for us to get in to the final truth or fiction together, probably for this year, is my guess. Um, but uh, we might play this, uh, you know, uh, play this out as time allows us to in the future. And like I said, Pat will be behind the microphone as he wants to, as he needs to, and um, leading the charge uh, behind the scenes and helping come up with topics and interview guests and all of that stuff. So we're excited for the future of this program um, and hopefully the Pat Oni program as well. The uh, the POS returns. Mm, mm. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. With that being said, um, let's take your first truth or fiction first since it is your final uh program for a while sounds good all right truth or fiction suspending harbaugh again would barely be a slap on the wrist for michigan in the sign stealing scandal truth if it's the only thing that happens I think this is probably step one of three steps. Um, here's the, here's the, here's where I'm at with this, Pat, is that this, the Michigan fan, right? Like, you know, Steve Dace and his Michigan podcast is just insufferable with the amount oh of, of, of just utter trash that is coming out of that side of things. Look, if here, here's a great example, right? Um, the University of Wisconsin back in the early 2000s, right? There was a massive shoe scandal. I don't know if you would remember this or not. I don't remember this at all. Yeah. But, so there was a, there was a really famous like shoe place, like a shoe store, and it mm -hmm. had massive ties to the University of Wisconsin Booster Club. Okay. Mm -hmm. And students were getting. Um, especially football players, but others were getting massive discounts, if you will, on, you know, big named athletic shoes and all this stuff that other people were not in the public given access to. Like we are talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars that were basically donated to the athletic program vis-a-vis -vis these types of things, right? A, a totally impermissible benefit, Right. It was like, yeah, but it's just shoes, brah. Like, right? Like, that, that's that's what the nothing hell? compared to what's going on. What in the hell, right? Yeah. Oh, no, but the right. hammer was put down. And right. I think it involved somewhere in the realm of about 40 players on the football program to the point in which they had to stagger 
the suspensions. Like a group got suspended for these three games, then then another group, and then another group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it was a random draw for who was in what group. My point in all of that is that's how serious the NCAA took something like that. Um, I'm not saying the NCAA... Uh, here's what I am saying. If you're the NCAA, if you're the Big Ten, what evidence do we already have, right? Well, number one, we've got the vid- visual evidence of Connor Stallions, not just um, at games, but on the sideline in disguise for another university. The, the lengths that this was just wow just wow okay so not that's to, number one number two pat it, and i said that the said it this weekend the pro michigan side now suddenly we are led to believe that this is a massive ohio state conspiracy um led by ryan day's two brothers right not just one but two in um is it possible sure that ohio possible. state now, hear me out on this. Is it possible that Ohio State got wind of what was going on, right, and said, oh, hell no, let's investigate? Absolutely. Absolutely. But in that, how dare Ohio State hire private investigators and leak private info? Buried in that woe is me from Michigan is what? Mm-hmm. An admission that all of the leaked evidence is real. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know that it's real and it that it was on Michigan computers, right? If we don't know that, if, if you're denying that fact, that's what you need to deny. We have no knowledge of this. This was on his own personal computer. We have, I've never seen it. You've seen it? No, no, don't know what you're talking about. Instead, they admit that this was information, quote unquote, leaked or stolen from, uh, University of Michigan private property. Which means you know exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. You just admitted to knowing that somebody inside that that building had this information and you knew about it. Because that would be the only way in which you wait, knew about it. (laughs) So you already admitted to the crux of the matter being that this individual had all of the advanced scouting information, right? All of it on a university-led computer. So you admitted that you're guilty. You already admitted to the material facts of this case. Secondly, Pat, what do we also have? We also have Connor Stallions in front of, on game day, Jim Harbaugh, the defensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator, Doing what? Telling them and tipping, not just in the game, right? Not just tipping particular things, but literally knowing exactly what play is coming or a version of the play that is coming, the tendency of the play, right? Mm -hmm. We literally watch him say, run right. And what does Ohio State do in that game? And what does Michigan do? They crash that. You see them change the defensive signal and motion everybody to the 
to the offside of the ball because if you see the play, that is, they've got three wide receivers and a tight end off to their left, and they run right. The tendency for the defense would be to cover the the heavy side of the field, right? Instead, what do they do? They run blitz right up the right side and just stuff Ohio State. Now, that's just one play, and you could say, well, blah, 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 except for it was really early in the game. There's no way in hell that they had that signal. No way. The point and the crux of the matter is that we have all of the evidence that you need, visual evidence, Michigan admitting guilt, Connor Stallions resigning, uh, allegedly. I guarantee you he was pushed out that door. Um, We already know that Jim Harbaugh did what? Violated NCAA rules and whatever you want to say about he bought a burger for a guy. You, You can't do it. It's the same shit as Bruce Pearl. And what he did at the University of Tennessee and the University of uh, uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Okay? Mm -hmm. Impermissible contact with recruits. That's what this was about. He's already violated that level of NCAA stuff. So if I'm the Big Ten, what am I doing? I'm Yes, you cannot convict. But you can say, yeah, we're going to hold you out, brah. Because we need to... We need to make sure that that Michigan does not have to forfeit all of these games later on, right? So let's suspend you for the rest of your games as the head coach. This is all about the integrity of the game, and that's it, period, point blank. But sign-stealing is a thing. Yes, you're right. In-game subterfuge, in-game attempt to understand what the other side is is signaling, right? Mm -hmm. That's always been part of the game. Always has been, always will be, right? That's a... That's an argument about the morality of one side or the other, right? But but it's also in-game. That's fair game. What's being alleged here is not in-game sign-stealing. What's yeah. being alleged here is literally, literally taking an NCAA rule that's been in place for 30 years at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And saying to that, giving it the middle finger. You can't you can't go to other games and steal their signs that aren't even your games to begin with. You right. also cannot, um, like like when you swap tape, you only have certain amount of, amounts of time with that tape, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? No. Nope. No. So you swap the all twenty two film, mm-hmm. and you swap the uh, film from the television side right those two things are swapped and you can do whatever the hell you want with them okay okay i did i i thought i thought there was only a certain amount of time that you could actually keep there's only a certain amount of hours in -hmm. which you're allowed a certain amount of hours of film so meaning so like so like you can't have 12 hours Mm -hmm. of game film right you're only i think it's only eight hours i think is what's allowed which would be the all 22 film of the game and the the tv production of the game and why gotcha. is that important, right? So you could side-by-side side the All-22 with the TV and see the game differently. By the way, if you've ever seen game film of the All-22, it really changes how you view the game. It really does. Um, it changes how you might see the tendencies of teams and plays and this, that, whatever. The point of the matter for me is this, Pat. This has to be, the, this has to be step one. 
the suspension of Jim Harbaugh because we have him literally on film getting the tendency from Connor Stallion. This is not as if you can just say this is some low-level staffer, which they've tried to do, right? Which right, Michigan yeah. fan has tried to do, which everybody involved in this has tried to do. Are you usually a low-level staffer if you're on the sideline, though? Sometimes, yes, by the way. Mm. Sometimes that is true. You would be surprised by the the amount of analysts and people that are masquerading as ball boys and this and everything else to try to trick certain things, right? So so analysts are good at what? Analyzing data, game tendencies, things like that. Oh, by the way, you're also the ball boy so that you can be right by the coach, right? But the point of that is this. Jim Harbaugh can't say that this is just some no-named, I-don't-know-who-the-hell-this-is staffer. He is literally communicating with him on the sideline on a game tendency from an opponent early in the game. Just that simple for me. So I I ultimately believe this is truth, but this could be fiction because rumor on the street is Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended indefinitely. Correct. That's my point. The Big Ten mm-hmm. will probably come down with an... This is the compromise because let's be real about this, Pat. Number one, that coach's meeting, that was insane. The Big Ten commissioner meeting with the coaches minus Jim Harbaugh, that was insane. Mm -hmm. Okay. I agree. Number two, it's very clear that having a meeting with the Presidents of the Big Ten, right? So the presidents of every single university with the exception of Michigan. Mm -hmm. What was that about? How do we legally handle this? That's what that was about. I think you have to indefinitely suspend Jim Harbaugh at this point, pending the rest of your investigation. And, Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as this. This isn't a violation of some sort of law, right? That's not... This is an employment situation, Mm -hmm. and you have violated the terms of an employment agreement, and we have the evidence in front of us already, folks. We already have the evidence of you and Connor Stallions communicating together on the sidelines to subterfuge during a game. And like like the argument that's being made, this isn't a legal argument. This is an ethical argument, correct? Like like this is this is not. It's not. They didn't do anything illegal. they broke rules. They broke They broke the rules of the organization in which they live. Mm-hmm. So there are consequences for that. For instance, um, in my business, right? Right now, unfortunately, you have to be a member if you want access to the multiple listing service. You have to be a member of the Chicago Association of Realtors or some other association, local, which means you're also then part of the state association, which means you're also part of the NAR, uh, the National Association of Realtors, right? You're automatically a part. You can't get away from from all three organizations. They're all tied together, which is absolute BS, but that's beyond the point. The point of the matter is this, right? The why why are there associations? Because they have code they have codes of ethics and rules in which you engage in your business. Not just law, by the way. They have elevated from the law ethical standards. You violate those ethical standards, you go in front of a review board, you are subject to fine. You are subject to license issues. It's the same concept with the NCAA. You are subject to fines. You are 
in association, you agree to the terms of the deal. It's just that simple. You can work to change those. You can do all of those things. That's fine. Ultimately, I think, number one, they have to suspend him indefinitely. They do. The reality of this is that it gets worse every single day. Like, the, the amount of information that we get gets worse. Number two, that suspension, that indefinite suspension is just simply a CYA. This covers Michigan's ass. This covers the Big Ten and the NCAA. You suspend him pending the completion of the investigation. You ever see someone come back from an indefinite suspension, though? I haven't. No. And and then it gives Michigan the out, right? Mm. Jim Harbaugh, you're gone. Or Harbaugh resigns, goes to the Chicago Bears. Which is more likely to happen, let's Correct. be honest. Correct. Mm-hmm. Where ethical standards like this need not apply. Well, and it's where he gets to save face right. if he resigns. Ultimately, I think this is truth. All right. That having been said, uh, here is my truth, first truth or fiction. And it's just this. The left hides behind pro-Palestine rhetoric, but they are material supporters of Hamas. 120,000% truth. Uh, I think we saw this over the weekend. Uh, And and some of the uh, protests at the White House, or excuse me, was it a protest or an insurrection at the White House at the gate? I'm just I'm I'm asking for a friend here. Well, I mean, technically they didn't burst through the gate, and also uh-huh. technically isn't the White House the people's house? But isn't it also now illegal to do that? You, you see what I'm asking, right? I mean, and also wasn't it? Um, I'm trying to think of how they handled this during the George Floyd riot. I mean. Peaceful protest. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. My, my point is is simply this. Um, if this were just a protest, I, 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 I could maybe, maybe make that argument that this is fiction. Maybe. But because of what we saw over the weekend, I mean, this is, I mean, they are in solidarity, essentially, with Hamas. Yeah. And they are they they are pro Hamas to the point where you know what they're they're saying you know what let them do whatever the hell they want to our one of our biggest allies in the Middle East, and um, let them go to war and um, hopefully you know they 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 win. I mean it's basically kind of how they're rooting for them is like like well let's let's do what we can to help Hamas have the world stage. So yeah. yeah. Um... This is truth for me because this is – they're absolutely using the cover of we're just about uh, the anti-oppressor, right? Which is ironic because who's doing the oppressing? Right now? That's a very right. obvious scenario, right? Mm-hmm. They're using that cover, right? They're using the cover of we're just pro-freedom for Palestine, except for not one of them <coughs> will come out and denounce the October 7th attack on innocent civilians, real civilians. 
And I want you to listen to this, Pat. I, I mm. haven't shared this with you yet, but this is from mm. Mehdi Hassan at MSNBC this past weekend. And you tell me that this is just about Palestine, quote-unquote. It's been a constant refrain in some circles since the start of this conflict between Hamas and Israel. There's no difference between Hamas and the people of Gaza because the Gazans elected Hamas, to quote Republican Senator Tom Cotton. The citizens of Gaza voted for Hamas, to quote once liberal lawyer Alan Dershowitz. That's just false, incorrect, untrue. First, half the population of Gaza are kids under the age of 18. The vast majority of them were not alive, let alone old enough to vote the last time elections were held in Gaza back in 2006, 17 years ago. Second, Hamas didn't even get a majority of the vote back in 2006. And in fact, even this year, prior to the current conflict, one survey found only 27% of Gazans, barely one in four, picked Hamas as their preferred party. And third, even if... Um, just, just making sure. Is, is this thing on? You know, for those in the back that 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 are listening to this. Okay. Um, did they or did they not elect Hamas? I don't care how much by how much they won by. Did they? Did they or did they not elect Hamas? Yeah. Also, isn't it a parliamentary system? So it's not about majority. Right. You're you're never going to so, get to a majority in which you've got you know fi- you're not going to get to fifty one percent when you've got mm-hmm. like seven quote-unquote parties. And also, did they bother to tell you whom the other side of things are? They did not. Fatah, who is also the Muslim Brotherhood. (laughs) Again, do we have to back up to Hamas versus Fatah? Do we have to back up to that that history Uh to, to understand that it's literally Marxist fighting communists? within Gaza and also the West Bank to a lesser degree, but especially in Gaza. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What part of that was pro-Palestine? Do you notice the Hamas covering? Do you notice the making excuses? And it's not really – the people don't really – no, 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 no. They also make this argument, Pat, about how half the population is under the age of 18. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely true. But how many of those absolute bloodthirsty genocidal a-holes 
that committed the attacks on October 7th were under the age of 18. Maddie, ask, answer me that. You know how many um, of them were? Almost all of them. Do, 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 do we need to play for you the, the teenage boy calling home to dad using the dead mother, uh, her cell phone, bragging about killing the family? Do we need to play that for your ears? It is uh, as also, simple as this for me. This is as simple as this. You, right now, you cannot be pro-Palestine without being pro-Hamas. It, it, it is just as simple as that. You are absolutely running cover for Hamas. But, but, but I'm all about the people. The people are the problem there. That's the rub on all of this. And it's the people who continue to allow Hamas to terrorize their own, let alone the Israeli population. I mean, do we need to play the video of the Hamas leader talking about the great Satan or the Hezbollah leader in Lebanon talking about the American great Satan and uh, they're the and, and attempting to blame the Jews for the attack on October 7th? Do we need to play the video of literally in school teaching that hatred of Jews from Hamas? Hamas is doing this to their own people. Do I need to tell you, Pat, about the stories this weekend that came out in which a Hamas terrorist cell was identified using an ambulance to transport its own terrorists? That's right. Also, by the way, illegal according to international war law. Okay? They're attempting to claim that, yeah, by the way, there's about six or 7,000 people that have died in this war. Okay, it's that's awful. They're not only using ambulances in order to try to smuggle their own people out. Okay, they attempted to get them across Egypt's border, by the way, using these emergency vehicles. Right now, Egypt is hip to Hamas's game and none of them got through. Now, they did allow about 60 to 70 um, actual civilians that were in ambulances across the border into Cairo eventually. But they were vetted at the border first. They're willing to use ambulances, to use civilians, to use hospitals, okay? Civilians are repeatedly called upon to evacuate, right? Repeatedly by the Israeli Defense Force. In what? In concurrence with international war law, right? Hamas hit the ambulance outside of Gaza City's Al-Shaifa Hospital where Hamas just happens to have this vast underground command center. Oh, by the way, that alone is a war crime, using hospitals as uh, command centers for recognized armies, terrorism, anything. If you want to be treated as some sort of a, this is the ultimate rub on this. And why I say pro-Palestinian is a cover, is an absolute cover, and you are a material supporter of Hamas, is this. Do you support 
do you support war crimes or not? It is an illegitimate fighting force because it's targeting its civilians and the opposition's civilians on purpose. The difference, hear me in the back, Pat, the difference is what? Israel is attempting as hard as humanly possible to avoid. Now, Mehdi Hassan further in this clip attempts to attempts to use the UN as proof that Israel is bad and genocidal. In it, they use, wait for this, an Islamicist resigning from some commission in the UN saying that Israel is committing genocide and they can no longer stand behind it. If the people of Palestine, if the people of the Gaza Strip, right, because Palestine's not a thing, it never has been and it never will be. It is a subset of the Arab population. And by the way, most Arabs don't recognize them as Arabs either, by the by. But that's notwithstanding. The point of the matter is this. Where are you, where's your call for Hamas to stop? Where's your call for Hamas to to discontinue? Where is your call for Hamas to, where's the call of pro-Palestine, right? Free Palestine. Where's your call to say, recognize, you must recognize that the Jewish people have a right to live on this earth. Where is that? Recognize that. Where's the two-state solution? Where, oh, that's right. You've rejected it once, twice, three, four, at least six times in my own lifetime, and I'm about to turn 42. That's right, six rejections of a two-state solution. And why? Because Hamas, from its very founding, does not believe that Israel, let alone the nation-state, but the Jewish people, period, point blank, have a right to live on this earth. And it is as simple as that. You either support that genocide or you don't. And I don't. And none of us should. But, But what if they give us a peaceful organization that believes that, Okay, well, then prove it to us, right? You, you can't call one side, like Israel, genocidal because it happens to have civilian casualties in a war. Folks, that has happened every time throughout all of human history. It is an unavoidable, disgusting, horrible reality of war. Did Israel create this war? No, it did not. It never has and it never will create this war. And for those yapping about a ceasefire, it's always one-sided. They're always calling for Israel to, to, to you know, do a ceasefire. Um, why isn't it the other way around? Because they are pro-Hamas. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. They're absolutely pro-Hamas. It hasn't, and it's, and it's because these are the birds of the same feather that flock together. It is the undergirding of all of this is that they see the world through the same lens, and thus we must protect them. It is absolutely disgusting. It is absolutely beyond the pale. And you hiding under this free Palestine, no. Show me, show me in any material way in which you say no to Hamas. Show me that. Show oh, me can't. your 
your rally against the October 7th attack. Show me that. Oh, it turns out you believe that that was just the oppressed rising up against their oppressor. Oh, so you believe that Hamas has legitimacy. That's the problem here. Do you believe that, that Hamas is legitimate or not? Is it a legitimate government or is it a terrorist organization? Because guess what? It's a terrorist organization by every definition, by every definition. Just like, by the way, the IRA, Sinn Féin in Ireland, I've got no support for it. Do I support the unification of Ireland and its democratic ability to rule itself? Hell yeah, I do. But I don't support that. I, I just don't support your terrorism. Just that simple. I also don't support your socialist BS either. But that is your choice if you so choose to go down a socialist route. It's just that simple. How hard is it for you that are pro-Palestinian to say, yeah, nah, I'm not, I'm not down with Hamas. Yeah, you know me. Like, what, what are we doing here? And, and, it, and it's that simple. If you, if you are pro-Palestine and you want a two-state solution between Palestine and Israel, it's real simple. I'm pro-Palestine, but I condemn the attacks of what, what Hamas did to the Israelis. Then it's why are simple. you not putting... The answer to that, by the way, if you say that I'm pro-Palestinian and I mm. support the two-state solution, where's your pressure on Hamas to come to the table to put that two-state solution together? Right. Israel right. has exactly. offered it over and over and over and over and over again. And they've always rejected it because fundamentally this organization exists to exterminate the Jews. Mm. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. With that being said, Pat, it is time for us to move on to our second truth or fictions. Um, let's get yours. Which will be? Uh, truth or fiction, the chaos around the world and at home is Biden's fault. Fiction. Okay, why? So the chaos at home absolutely has something to do, okay, with Mm -hmm. leadership. It absolutely does. But (coughs) I I fundamentally cannot put Vladimir Putin's genocidal, narcissistic war with Ukraine, on Joe Biden. Uh, uh, no. Did Joe Biden create Hamas? Did Joe Biden um, destabilize anything in the Middle East? Other than handing money to Iran, which then turned its own money over to Hezbollah, to the Islamic Jihad of Palestine and Syria and Hamas, right? We know that. Mm-hmm. Did Joe Biden pull the trigger on October 7th? No. No. Here's the other rub on this, Pat. Did Israel know that this was coming? No. Did we know it was coming? No. It was the most, uh, much as I hate Hamas, find them degenerates, (coughs) find them anti-civilization, period, because the civilized people don't act this way. Congratulations, you surprised the sh- out of everybody, right? 
Nobody saw that coming. But you were able to coordinate it, figure out how to get around all of those things in the most rudimentary fashion, by the way, right? Paragliding mm-hmm. on in. What? That all notwithstanding, was that Joe Biden's fault? No. No. Let's be real about that. Let's critically think through that. No. Now, does he have a role to play in leadership in a fundamental misunderstanding of everything foreign policy? Hell yeah, but he has forever. And I've said this forever. Everything that you're seeing from a foreign policy standpoint that's absolutely batshit is why was my number one reason why you couldn't vote for Joe Biden last time around. It is actually the only reason why I voted for Donald Trump last time around. That's it. It's as simple as we can't allow this guy who's gotten everything on foreign policy wrong to do this. It was the only reason why I thought, you know, Abrahamic Accords, um, putting our embassy in Jerusalem, all of those things, right? It was the best part of Donald Trump's presidency. But that doesn't mean that Joe Biden is responsible. Let's be real. Nobody but nobody but Hamas made those teenagers paraglide in and slaughter innocents. And oh, by the way, um, also this weekend, are you still pro Free Palestine, when Hamas did what? They sniped their own people. Go to my At the Coppin Show X feed, right? You can see the video of the aftermath of literally people just strewn about on a highway outside of Gaza City. Why? Because they didn't want their own people leaving, and they were fleeing away from the human shield that they were attempting to to uh, put in place. So they kill their own. They sacrifice their own. Think about this. They're sacrificing their own civilians and then have the balls, Pat, the balls to talk to us about civilian death. They're killing civilians on both sides. That's Hamas. And it's not the Israelis. The Israelis drop leaflets, put it out on social media, do everything they can to tell people, hey, by the way, we're coming to your city. Get the hell out, right? I feel like we're, uh, I feel like Big and Rich is in the back of my, uh, on ESPN College Game Day back in the day, right? We're coming to your city. They're literally playing that song for you and saying, get the hell out, and and Hamas keeps you in. You want to talk about oppressed versus oppressor, here you go. Hamas is an oppressor of its own people. Do you see that in the pro-Palestine movement? No. How do we know that? Look at Rashida Tlaib, right? All of those things. But again, is that the chaos of Joe Biden and his administration? No. I will say this, though. It is a lack of leadership. It is a lack of Joe Biden having a damn spine that does perpetuate and make things worse. It is the lack of Joe Biden saying, yeah, nah, brah, to Russia beforehand. It's a lack of backbone when it comes to Zelensky. 
and saying, no, we, you don't get $40 billion every three months. That's not how this is going to work. But am I surprised when, what is it, four, almost 40% of that money actually winds right back up here in America so that we can replace the ammunition that we don't actually have a stockpile of because we're sending it over there, right? A ditch, McConnell? What do you say? Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I say this is fiction. This this came in wake of uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin saying that the, the chaos we see around the world and at home is Biden's fault. And this was in an interview with uh, George Snuffleupagus on uh, ABC News. Um, he says, well, I've consistently said that Joe Biden is legitimately elected president. He's sleeping in the White House. I wish he weren't. In candor, the chaos that we see around the world and at home is projected weakness. International foreign policy has resulted in multiple spots of chaos from Israel to Ukraine to China and his foreign policy. Weakness, again, has resulted in bad adversaries being funded like Iran. And then we see weakness at our border, which has turned every state uh, into a border state. Uh, the, the free flow of illegal drugs, crime, and really invaded everywhere. We have <clears throat> five Virginians a day on average that died from fentanyl overdoses. And of course, the chaos in our economy is not only hurting Virginians and Americans, but it projects weakness around the world yet again. Okay, this is a totally different statement, though, than saying that right. everything is Biden's fault. Is he projecting weakness? Absolutely. You literally just made that argument. Mm-hmm. His foreign policy sucks. The policies that he has going on here suck. He can't protect our borders. Um, he his economic plans aren't working. Um, people are paying more, you know, financially now than they were before he was president. So he, weakness here, weakness abroad. It's weakness, but yeah, that the doesn't make of weakness what's is happening. one thing. But it doesn't. It, it placing the blame. There's one thing to say that the chaos on our border, the chaos here, the 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 absolute reckless um, Fed policies, right? The the absolute right. insanity of where when we bought our car in oh god was it twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? I forget when we bought our car. Um, we paid less than one percent interest on it. It is now somewhere yeah. in the range of 7 to 8%. Huh? Now, all yeah, of that yeah. is chaos here and at home because of economic policy, because of all of these things. That, that, that Those are two separate arguments. The reality is that Joe Biden, and the reality is that Joe Biden's decisions of whom he puts in leadership positions have consequences. Right. I'm not saying right. that. Mm. But, but, it is also on Hamas. It is also on Putin. It is also on everybody else that makes their own individual decisions. You, I, I just we have to put blame where blame lies. And and we have long said Joe Biden. If you were to talk to Joe Biden, he probably wouldn't be able to name you the the five people that are or five names that are in the Fed. He probably couldn't name you um, his own Department of Homeland Security secretary, right? Mm-hmm. He probably couldn't oh, name you its border policy. He probably couldn't tell you anything. It is the people that he surrounds himself with. And what do we know? Consolidation of power, right? The socialist movement throughout history. It has done what? It is 
infiltrated, garnered up the, the levers of power, and turned it inside out. I mean, could you make the argument that the decision, I think we are doing this, that the decisions he's making, the people that he is surrounding himself yeah. with, uh, that 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 is playing a role into the chaos here at home and abroad? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, you absolutely cannot does. lay Hamas's decision to strike Israel mm -hmm. at the feet of Joe Biden. You cannot put the Ukraine... Uh, Russia war at the feet of Joe Biden. Can you say that his perception of weakness allows for the conditions to be there for some of these things? Absolutely. But guess what? Sure. Putin was planning this, whether Trump was going to be in office or not. His weakness yeah. with China. Yeah. Again, these things lead to chaos. All of it leads to chaos. But we also have some responsibility to say, nah, brah, I'm not participating in that chaos, right? Nah, brah, yeah. you you do you do that. And what and what do I mean by that? We yeah, no, we're we're good. We're we're not giving you any more money in uh in Ukraine. Fight for your own selves for once. Also, what happens if Turkey um and Iran start supporting Hamas? Turkey's a NATO ally. What the hell do we do? You just see see what I'm saying? Is that on the feet of Joe? No. That's Turkey's decision. And yes, we have influence over that decision or should have some influence over that decision. What? They're going to make their own decision. And that's very clear. That's been the case, whether Biden was president, whether Obama was president, whether Trump or Bush were, was president. Turkey did its own thing, basically. I just... There's a difference between nuance and understanding that there are various components to this and just assigning blame to one person. Now, the blame ends up with the individuals who create the action. That's where the blame lies. And I'm pretty sure Hamas and the, what is it, 3,000 soldiers, if you will, right? We're supposed to believe that they're all civilians and they're, they're not really, no, that's what they are. And Israel has a right, by the way, to do what? Destroy them. And I'm frankly happy to see one nation decide to have a very clear vision as to what they would like to accomplish, and they're not stopping until they accomplish it. Come what may. All right. With that being said, Pat, um, let's get to my final truth or fiction. My final truth or fiction is nobody should receive another COVID shot ever. Uh, well, we covered, I think, a lot of the data on this last week. I can't remember what day it was now, but uh, I think it was Thursday. And yeah, no, no, uh, shouldn't be a thing. Okay. Absolutely truth. Yeah, so if you go back to Thursday's show, you are right. That's when we talked about this. Mm -hmm. um, Thursday's show, we, we noted that there is a, what, 400 or four times greater, six times, it's four or six times greater risk in the first 28 days after a after your second shot of the COVID vaccine of any kind, by the way, um, mm -hmm. of you dying. No, it's still relatively rare. Okay. It's not mm -hmm. like you're, you're a one in 10 chance of dying. That's not what we're saying. But we also know the 
absolute rarity. And by the way, the the rarity of the individuals above the age of 65 is pretty high too. We, we are not talking about that. As we get further and further out, it turns out that the vast, 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 vast we're talking about less than 0.05 over the age of, of 65, I believe, at this point in time, compared to 0.03% for everybody else. But what if I also told you this? Um, the currently available, this is from Robert Malone, by the way, the currently available FDA emergency use authorized booster vaccines were designed based on recommendations developed at the FDA uh, Vaccine and Related Products Biological Advisory Committee, say that five times fast, which predicted that the dominant SARS-CoV-2 variant this fall would be the quote-unquote Kraken, the XBB.1.5 variant of Omicron, or Omicron, Omicron. Um, there's a problem, Pat. Um, it's actually HV.1. That's the dominant variant today. So here's the other part of this. This isn't like getting a flu shot, by the way, either, because you are putting RNA technology into your body. We also know that there's really good evidence of it sticking way longer than they thought with alterations to DNA. Um, your gut health. We're seeing it stick in the gut as a spike protein for way longer. It was only supposed to be 72 hours that it would stick there, and then it would go into your RNA databank, basically, right? And then when you see it again, it creates spike protein, goes away. Except for that's not what's happening. It's actually sticking in your system. And uh, after... It's only supposed to be there for 72 hours, but yet eight weeks later, they're still seeing it. So quite literally, Pat, we are with a quote-unquote new technology that was supposed to be better than the old viral technology that we use for guessing and putting together the vaccine for uh, the flu, right? Yes. And, and, Which and is Andrew, what? Right. A, it's an educated guesstimate of what might be the dominant uh, strain. Right. And if they guess correctly, unless you have extreme side effects, it's actually a good shot to get. But Andrew, they, they, they did research on mRNA technology for years before they rolled this out to the public. Okay. Um, they wholly missed this variant. Now, why do I say that nobody should ever get this shot again? Because it's just like the flu shot, okay? It is just like the flu shot with worse side effects, with worse consequences. There are very, very rare, and I mean very rare cases of somebody getting the flu vaccine and dying from it. And that's what more than most often, it's from somebody not knowing they were allergic to one of the non-important ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening here. You are actually altering your body chemistry, your body's makeup, your gut health by just simply taking this. And it literally has no impact. It has nothing. Now, the good news is only about 2% have gotten this, by the way. But as um, Robert Malone points out here, 
To recap, the FDA and its advisory committee are operating based on the hypothesis that the dominant mechanism of protection against SARS-CoV-2 infection, spread, and COVID-19 disease afforded by vaccination or natural immunity involves, quote, neutralizing antibodies, right? That's really what this is all about. This hypothesis is unproven and no immunological correlation of protection, which predicts protection from either infection or disease, has been clinically proven. To the extent that the high levels of human neutralizing antibodies from SARS-CoV-2 genetic vaccines provide any protection, they seem to correlate to reduced disease severity for some period after dosing, but do not prevent infection, replication, spread, disease, or death. Quite literally, we are putting something in our body that has vastly negative consequences for an elevated yet minority of the population. We, we went through this about, what, three, four weeks ago, where we were talking about the fact that that for other vaccinations, they stopped the ability to produce, to inject them into human beings at a 1 in 100,000 level, at a 1 in uh, 15,000 level. And we are talking about adverse events at a 1 in 100, severe adverse events, meaning they are going to the hospital, okay? We're still allowing that to go on. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, we've pulled vaccines from the market for less. Yes, that's the point, right? We've pulled mm -hmm. a vaccine in which it the severe adverse events are at 1 in 100,000, 1 in 15,000, but we're not pulling this when it's at 1 in 100. Swine flu being one of those, if I remember correctly. You are correct. You are correct mm -hmm. on that. But but it was also pulled um, because, the, because of a, thank God, a critically thinking set a small group, I think it was like five um, researchers up in Canada that put the correlation between this massive cancer spike in a very young female population to this vaccine mm. for uh, the swine flu, I believe. So there you go. We have all the evidence in the world that not only do they not work, we're, we're at the same level of guesstimation and, and we miss, and they have very severe consequences. Yes, rare. Yes, pretty rare, but they have life-altering rare consequences. That's the point, right? We're talking about going to the hospital. We're talking about myo myocarditis, uh, pericarditis. We're talking about some people having strokes. We're talking about life-altering things for people as young as six, for as old as 65, 70, 80 years old. Literally every part of the population. And, and my recommendation used to be, if you are of the age of 65 or greater, get it. My recommendation right now is don't touch these things with a 10-foot pole. Why? Because the data suggests that you actually have a better chance of surviving regular COVID today because it is a less lethal, less rare situation than ever before, and your body is going to be equipped to handle it better today than it was the the novel version of this virus. And more importantly, what is being put into your system vis-a-vis -vis these vaccines are absolute poison to the human body, period, point blank. You might, let me ask you this, Pat, if you knew that you had a hundred, one in a hundred chance of landing in the hospital, would you do that? 
would you just lace up fentanyl for yourself and just mainline it? No. And why would you not do that? Because I don't want to screw myself up. I don't want any chance of screwing myself up. Because because guess what? You can Mm -hmm. die from a very small dose of fentanyl. Mm -hmm. It's just... These things need to be taken off the market. They need to never be put back on the market. But will the American people care? Because we got... No. Oh, weird. Okay. Mm, Well, Pat, with that being said, I think now would be a great time for you to give us your final thoughts, um, not just on this program, but uh, uh, for a while. Mm. Yes. Um, Well... I think we just ended very simply, and that is don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no, and this is not goodbye. I'll still be around, so till we meet again. That is true. As always, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals, and Pat is about to be a daddy just like Michigan is to Ohio State. As always, Matthew 547.